I just wanted to thank the council as well uh, for the work uh, and time they put in and the support to me personally. Um, it's, uh, and, and to all of you really, this first year has been uh, really easy, I guess, for us. Um, and it's just been a real pleasure. Uh, we felt very welcome. And uh, yeah, so thank you for that. Um, so yeah, this is the part where I talk about what's happening in the next 12 months. And um, I think anybody's guess is as good as anybody else's about what's going to happen in the last 12 months because we didn't know what was going to happen in the last, uh, the, in the next, because we didn't know what was going to happen in the last. Um, but there is more to it than that. I want to uh, talk about the context we're in, though, because we can't talk about where we're going without talking about where we are. And the context is a lot bigger than us. And... Uh, and you know, the deficit is actually a, a really minor thing uh, in context. I think we're living through an epoch change in society. Um, it's been rolling for a while. Obviously, for us, the, most, uh, the biggest thing in most of our lives at the moment is the pandemic. And, uh, you know... I think I've had a, a number of people say to me, and I think they're right, in Perth, we're probably going to end up in a lockdown in the next little while. I mean, who knows with these truck drivers, which wasn't their fault, but, you know, it, it's just so easy to get in. Um, and so that leaves us with uncertainty. And I just realised the other week, I'm feeling really anxious about it, uh, even though we've been pretty laid back in Perth. So that all just forms a, a backdrop, but... COVID's done something bigger to us as a society than just leaving us with a bit of anxiety and uh, uh, uncertainty. It's actually accelerated some of the cultural change that had already been taken and uh, happening. And people, and particularly in the church, are saying changes they thought were going to be happening in the next few years have happened. One of them, not so much for us, uh, and smaller churches do struggle with this a little bit, but for larger churches is just online services have become part of it's just another service of the church uh, and you think okay well that's fine but that then changes attendance patterns of Christians and the way people uh, in, engage with church I don't think it's all a good thing necessarily but it is just the fact that we need to live with uh, in the back of COVID and sort of um, it, it's created a pressure cooker environment we we see my mind was blown when there were effectively riots over in Melbourne uh, a week or so ago, I'm like, this, with all due respect, this isn't America. What are we doing? Uh, and, and so we're seeing just this fragmentation of society happening. You know, we had the Black Lives Matters protests and we've had other things happening that are, are, are just causing this ferment within society. And what does that mean for us as a church? The rise of, you know... the, the increasing and it's been happening for a decade or two I know but digital what does that mean for us as a church how do we have to engage with that um, global politics again you think well that's a long way away what's that got to do with anything what's happening uh, with China and America and you know this talk of Taiwan that will all affect us because our economy is so uh, tied up with that and I'm not an e economist, but that all then comes back and spins back to the church. And when it affects our lives and our community is we've got to be a 
How do we respond to that? So there's all these sorts of questions uh, that church leaders are asking and that churches are grappling with. And like I say, we've been a bit insulated from it in Perth, but it will eventually catch up with us in one way or another. And it's uh, these sorts of questions that form a, a backdrop over what does it mean for us as Bentley Baptist in the future. So I think uh, for me, having been here now for 12 months and having got a little bit more of a feel for the church of course one of the things we're going to have to be doing as a leadership team uh, and as a church is just start thinking a little bit more about long-term planning Um, but rather than necessarily what does this mean we do what are the programs we're going to be running or what are our great big goals or or that sort of thing and and they're questions we have to look at um is how are we going, who are we going to be, how are we going to operate, and I think it's really important for us, uh, and I know some of some bigger churches that are tossing out their five-year plans and just saying we need to be flexible, and we need to be nimble, and we need to be responsive to things. And so what does that mean for us as a church, to have that sort of culture and that sort of mindset, that when things change, because they will change, society the the pace of change in society has been increasing for years anyway and suddenly it's just like whoosh and uh if you don't sort of realize that it's it's probably because you're living in the midst of it and you just get used to it but from a leadership point of view from my point of view and counsel and and that sort of thing it's like wow how, how do we respond to this and make sure that we can minister to people but reach out to people as well there are things we can't talk about there are events that suddenly a few years ago when I was younger would would have been non-controversial that now we just can't do or we have to really think hard about doing doing them so how do we respond in that sort of environment and so I think it's like I say what what sort of church do we want to be what sort of values do we want to operate by But I think there's a couple of things that are key for us. And the great thing is we live in a rapidly changing world, but, you know, the world has always been changing. And, uh, but we have a God and a gospel that don't change. And I think uh, two things in particular stand out for me over the next year. Um, And one is just making sure that we're doing the basics of our discipleship right. That we, as individuals are walking with God and so uh, for us as a leadership it's helping to equip you to do that to making sure we're solid so that when change does happen we have an anchor to you know cite the old hymn I know these things are cliches but they're important they're true that we have a stability that people around us don't um, necessarily not not everyone of course Um, so as part of that what uh, actually, in the next week or two, I'll be doing is rolling out just a, a, a survey uh, that I've developed. And what that does is touches on key behaviours and practices that help encourage our spiritual growth and spiritual depth. Because I can't really measure, and neither can you, how deep spiritually someone is. But we can measure behaviours that just help encourage spiritual maturity. And, and that will help inform some of the things we do over the coming year. And my goal, and it's things like Bible reading 
and prayer and ministry involvement and giving and small groups and discipling others that's that's really it uh is putting just a, a few simple things in place so that we can just increase that involvement but i i need to know uh you know what we need to be working on so uh, we'll be doing that online and and um in paper as well in november we'll also be doing the national church life survey which is a big australia-wide it's actually uh, runs a number of countries now but australia-wide survey uh runs in october and november we'll be doing it in november um which is uh i see the aggregate of that i don't see uh, the individual responses that will go to um the ncls organization who process it it's done the same year as the national census deliberately so we get a whole bunch of data back about our church and about the community and that will just help uh, us make Im informed decisions about the future as well so uh, but f but for me discipleship is a part of that it, it is really a massive part of that it's it's really jesus said go and make disciples right um and so that's one of the things we'll be uh looking at the other thing that i really feel we need to be working on um and this is part of the discipleship thing is prayer uh, we read in acts 4 uh the church is just getting going and pretty quickly they face persecution um the leaders are arrested and and face the jewish leadership uh, and then they get released and Acts 4.30.23 says, After they were released, they went to their own people, so to the Christians, to the church, and reported everything the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together to God and said, Master, you are the one who made the heaven and the earth, the sea and everything in them. You said through the Holy Spirit by the mouth of our father David, your servant, why do the Gentiles rage and the peoples plot futile things? the kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers assemble together against the lord and against his messiah i won't go on there now we're not facing persecution or uh, that level of opposition that they were but what i wanted to highlight was their response when they came up against a trial against hardship against opposition or challenges or whatever their immediate response was to come together to pray and to seek God uh, and I know people in this church pray but one of the things I think we need to start developing a culture of is coming together to pray and learning how to pray because I know not everyone's very confident in praying sometimes it's just that whole public thing don't like speaking in front of other people don't get it myself but anyway that's makes I'm an extrovert um, but uh, also it's how do I pray what do I say what what does that look like does God really hear our prayers you know why would he listen to me sort of thing you know so it's all that sort of thing that I really feel we need to work on and that undergirds everything else because we can make all sorts of good plans but if God's saying I didn't tell you to do that you didn't actually ask and you didn't listen what's the point uh, if, if we we run into obstacles uh, when we're putting a plan even if it's a godly plan and it's like what do we do we want god's intervention in things and so we need to be a church at prayer someone has said that the prayer is the engine room of the church and so that is one of the things we're going to be looking at over the next 
12 months um, and I've said, you know, part of our transition out of our evening service, which still sad, we, we had to sort of put that aside at the moment, but we do want to set aside time. Um, look, the fr frankly, we'll end up playing with the format, but initially it'll be every two weeks we're going to explore uh, learning about praying and praying together. But it's not just about one prayer meeting uh, a week, of course. So that is really uh, very simply it. We also have a number of leadership changes coming up in the next 12 months. So uh, we have some leaders who have flagged that they are going to be stepping down. Uh, and we've also got some council members who have to step down because of our constitution. Uh, their time is up and uh, we will need to look for some new council members or else it's going to get very lonely there for those of us who are left. Um, so uh, that gives us an opportunity as we're, we're looking at all this bigger picture to, to think about the structure of our church. So that's something we'll be doing at council level and, and so on as well. But you'll be hearing about that as we go. So I'm, I'm uh, a fan of keep it simple. Unless God's really given me up, boom, do this. We're going to get back to basics. Um, and I think that's what we're about as a church anyway. So I don't know if anyone has any questions before I step down or you can come and talk to me afterwards about that. But are there any questions or comments or anything? Father, we thank you that you are our rock in the midst of the storms of life. Father, these old cliches, they just work um, because it's true. And, and as we've had a, a rugged couple of years as a, a world, um, Lord, we, we just look out beyond ourselves and we see so much instability. But Father, in this, in this building, actually, in this community, in our homes, Father, we want to be islands of stability because we know the one who holds the world, because our lives are deeply embedded in Jesus. Father, I pray that you will change our hearts. Lord, as you do continuously, um, Father, uh, grow us deeper into Christ. Uh, Lord, help us to hear more keenly your voice. Lord, give us faith to step out in obedience and, and do things like the song we were singing before, to, to walk upon the water. Lord, we can sing that so blithely, but you called Peter to walk on water. Uh, and Father, that's what you call us to do as well when we follow Jesus. So we just pray for your grace in the midst of this. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, everyone. God bless you.